everyone. Welcome back to the BT Powerhouse Podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bendit, uh, coming to you live here uh, mid-June. Um, have a special podcast here. We have Ant Wright joining us. Um, Ant, how's it going? It's going all right, man. We got June, you know, Flight React. It's June, so I'm loving it. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. And for our listeners, I, I know we've had uh, in here a, a few times to chat about Michigan and Michigan State. Um, but for those who, who might not follow us closely, uh, can you give us a rundown of a little bit about your background and uh, where people can check you out? Uh, I mean, uh, you could find me on Twitter. Uh, it's right. You either interact with me at some point, Miami blocked. Uh, you may follow me. Um, you've probably seen my tweets on the timeline. You can't really miss it. It's like a shield. Now it's like silver, but it's been gold for about a year or so. But you can find me there. Uh, played Division One basketball. Been around the game for a long, long time. Uh, I still study it big time. Uh, I am not an insider by any like, – like I will not be that guy – who is trying to find out where kids are going. Um, I'm not an insider, but I will give you a perspective from what maybe a coach may be looking at, uh, what a player looks at. Um, I've been the highest scoring guy of being a, being a starter at the D1 level, and I've gone three games straight without getting off the bench and everything in between. So uh, at the time, that was pretty annoying, but – you know, now looking back, you know, being in several different seats, you know, it just gave me uh, a much better perspective of the game of basketball. So that's me. Definitely. Yeah. So very qualified, nonetheless, to, to chat about Big Ten sports. And we're going to touch on Michigan and Michigan State specifically. But that's sort of where I, I wanted to start. Obviously, we're, we're in unprecedented times, at least recently, um, for all of our lifetimes. And I wanted to start with, with your thoughts, not on this whole thing that's going on, but sort of as a former player, um, if, if you were, I guess, stuck in this situation, um, where do you think a lot of the players' heads are at as far as off-the-court training. I know some of the teams are starting to resume play uh, or get back on campus at least. Um, any thoughts on that for fans who obviously have, have not played college sports, um, where your head would be at, I guess? I mean, from a player standpoint, honestly, it's not much of a change what it would be like, you know, between like, you know, April, May, and June, uh, mm -hmm. especially if you go back home. The only change would be you can't go to, like, an L.A. Fitness to play pickup. You can't yeah. go to, like, a run and shoot. You can't go to these basketball warehouses and, you know, train with other guys. But outside of that, I mean, it's pretty much business as, as usual. A lot of these guys have, you know, items at home where, you know, they can either, you know, work out or they have a neighborhood they can go running in or a nearby park they can get a workout in. Um it is unfamiliar territory for everyone. That's coaches included. Um, but just worrying about you, worrying about you, eating the right things, um, knowing what you have to work on and just working on those things. Outside of not being able to play pickup, uh, not much is really going to change, honestly. Sure, sure. So that's Fair enough. What. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and, and on that, on that same point, one thing I did want to follow up is um, 
for for some of the players, specifically the the rising freshmen or the rising uh, senior class, the high schoolers coming in uh, as freshmen this season, um, you think there's going to be much of a transition difference for them? Uh, you know, high school season cut short, um, spring sort of hectic. Um, do you think there'll be any difference for them, or sort of the same boat? Uh, kind of, kind of the same boat. Um, I did see where you know freshmen are starting to you know slowly drip back into uh, campus and all that, and you know get their COVID testing done. Uh, I think, I think what is going to be the big thing is you know you know which schools are going to allow, how much are they going to allow? Are they going to allow full team practices? I know they're. <laughs> The word voluntary always makes me laugh. So I'm like, okay, voluntary. All right. <laughs> These are mandatory voluntary practices. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah, mandatory. Then you have volunt you have mandatory voluntary practices. There's no such thing as voluntary. Everybody's gonna be there. Uh, yeah. so um the one thing that really helps, especially guys coming in, uh, is the speed of the game. And you get that a lot during, like, pickup games and all that. Um, you get a lot of guys come back and, you know, they play some pickup. Um, you know, sometimes pros come back and they'll play pickup. The speed of the game is the biggest adjustment that you have to make. Um, you, know, sh you, know, you know, strength and all that, that's a given. But speed of the game is huge. Um, and for the better teams, the, the, the upperclassmen always help the lowerclassmen uh, with, you know, plays, defensive calls, the basic things. So the coaches aren't, you know, teaching, you know, wasting time teaching things that these guys should already know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's our, our mandatory mention of, of COVID and, and everything that's gone sideways over the last few months. Um, so why don't we dive into some of the teams specifically? Um, obviously, your main focus is, is Michigan, MSU. And I want to start with the Wolverines, who had probably one of the more dramatic springs of what has been a very, very dramatic spring for college basketball. Uh, but Michigan, they... They get some tough news on the recruiting trail. Um, they miss out on uh, Joshua Christopher, and then Isaiah Todd decides to uh, play elsewhere despite committing to Michigan earlier in the cycle. Um, they've had some attrition. What do you make of the, of the roster transition here and sort of where Michigan sits after all of this craziness? Uh, I'm interested if, if you know, if the Julius knew that Christopher wasn't going to go to Michigan, if he still would have left, because it would have been his team. Um, mm -hmm. And that's very, very interesting to me. Um, yeah, had some attrition. David was definitely uh, quite a bit of a surprise. Um, the others, not so much. Uh, missing out on Todd and Christopher, you know, two very talented players. But in terms of team-wise, but team, like team chemistry, and team camaraderie, um, you know, they got the guys in um, who who I believe are going to help the program. Now it's just up to you know Jawan and staff to put the guys in the right spot and really and really lock down on exactly what their system is. I saw their system change multiple times this past year because they really didn't know what worked and what didn't work as of yet. Uh, I hope they hammer that 
that down because they're still going to have a very talented team coming up here. Um, you know, Isaiah Livers, we'll see. Uh, but this COVID thing uh, didn't really help Livers because I think, you know, he would have had a, a great time to, you know, show out, um, you know, and work out with his shooting ability and all that stuff. Yeah. But, um, but not seeing him very high on draft boards. Uh, so if he goes, he was leaving no matter what this year, uh, <laughs> if that's the case. <laughs> uh, but if he comes back, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, he honestly just wanted to just test the market and go from there. Um, but attrition is always good. You know, people say, is something wrong with Jawan? You know, he's had three guys leave. In Beeline's first several months, he, he had five people no longer on the team. Five. And that is, you know, a lot of a lot of Michigan fandom, they worship him, and you can do no wrong. But he had mm-hmm. five. Five. He got there, what, like April, May? He mm-hmm. had five guys gone by the end of first semester. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this stuff happens. Happens all the time. Attrition happens all the time. And uh, none, none happened last year when he got hired. Yep. So I knew we would have seen two or three um, most definitely um, as soon as this season ended, especially with who Juwan has coming in. You know, that's that's exactly what I, I, I've been saying to, to some of the people about this is the fact that um, I, I remember last offseason saying that, uh, you know, Michigan had like no attrition at all which is crazy for a, a coaching transition. I mean, particularly in today's college basketball where transferring is more prevalent than it's ever been. Um, so right. I think, I think some of these, it's, it's just sort of things swinging back around. You probably had a couple guys that decided, you know what, Hey, maybe this isn't for me. I committed to John Beeline. He's not here anymore. Um, I, I just don't feel like I fit anymore for whatever reason. I'm going to go try uh, things elsewhere. So uh, it is what it is, I, I think, from Michigan's perspective. But I, I agree. Uh, DeJulius, him transferring, that was a little bit surprising given how uh, I thought he finished the year pretty well. Um, you know, he had that big Maryland game. Um, so it, it was kind of surprising to see him leave when it seemed like he had a real shot at, at starting next year. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I wish him the best at Cincinnati. Um, but the one name that you did mention that I wanted to touch on was Isaiah Livers. Uh, what, what sort of, how do you view his chances of returning? I know you mentioned it's still up in the air. COVID is, it's turned everything sideways from the, the NBA draft perspective, but how big would it be if he comes back? Um, and how would that change, I guess, your overall evaluation of Michigan? It will be huge if he comes back. One, two, it is going to make, um, the minutes, the minutes that is going to be dispersed next year is going to be very, very interesting. Uh, if you look at the best teams of each of the major conferences, if you look at like the top three or four programs, um, they all have minutes. You have eight guys really that, that yeah. consistently play over 12, 13 minutes. Then the minutes die immediately, mm-hmm. immediately. So you're looking at, you know, two, maybe three guys, 29, 30 minutes plus, then another two or three guys between 18 and, you know, 22 minutes, then you're, you're going to have one or two guys 
hanging around between 13 and 17. Um, he's going to have legit, a legit 13 or 14 guys who can play in that eight in that eight man rotation next year. Um, mm-hmm. And it's going to be very interesting to see what he does with that. Um, Isaiah Livers coming back is going to make things even more complicated. One, two, give you an, an all big 10 player. But once he comes back, he's taking someone else's minutes yeah. automatically. Um, so if people are like, well, depth is always good. Yeah. Depth is, you know, yeah. But you know, you have to pick, the seven or eight guys that are going to make you a, a contender for a championship. Um, mm-hmm. And and sometimes that's tough. And all it takes is one or two bad apples or bad attitudes to really sink the whole season. And, um, you know, you have to play the guys that are really going to buy in. And you're going to have a lot of new faces. You know, you're looking at, you know, how many freshmen are, you know, can, could possibly play this coming year? Three? Really? Mm-hmm. Who are really oh, yeah. Hunter Day Hunter Dickinson, Zeb, and Terrence Williams. And then you have three transfers. I'm not even, I'm not sure what Nojel Eastern and Shondi Brown in terms of their eligibility for next year. But you know, you have you have Nojel Eastern, Shondi Brown, Mike Smith coming in. Mike Smith can play right away. But you have six new faces coming into your program. They don't understand what it is to be a Michigan basketball player yet. And then mm-hmm. you're going to have guys who have been there who are with Beeline who have won 30 games, who have been to the second weekend. And it's going to be it's, it's gonna be interesting, man. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Isaiah Livers, great player. I do think that he does have a couple things that he does need to work on. A um, mm-hmm. couple of those things are he needs to, he needs to rebound better with how athletic and big he is, has to rebound better, needs a better motor on defense, and needs to be able to create his own shot better. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe he's a lot like a uh, – what's his name? Uh, Nigerian last name, light-skinned dude from Louisville, 6'7". Come on. Oh, man. Um... N.W. His last name is N.W. It's like new – this is going to drive me crazy. Oh my gosh. He's gonna drive me crazy. <laughs> Hold on. Um, his, his, his first Noara? name with J. Jordan? Yes. Yes, Jordan Noara. Yes. Okay. He is that is who he can be. Um Jordan Noara has a high motor. He rebounds well. He can he can create his own shot and play solid defense. They're very, very similar, except Nora does those three things a little bit better. Jordan Noara is looking at a a borderline first, second round draft pick right now. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that's who I see Isaiah Livers being. He doesn't have those three things right now. I think he needs to come back and really, really show that. I'm not one of those guys who says guys should come back. <laughs> Jordan Poole, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yo, prove them all wrong, big dog, because he can score at three levels. Michigan fans yeah. have an issue with, had an issue with him. But you need to pay attention to what he was doing against North Carolina and what he was doing earlier on in the year. But then Beeline took the ball out of his hands and gave it to Xavier Simpson. And then Poole wasn't as effective. And he was more – and then he became more of a chucker because he didn't get as much usage. That's another conversation. But, you know, you're looking at – you're looking at a situation where, you know, guys like Iggy leaves. I- Iggy should have left. He was old. 
He's like, what? He was like 20, 21 years old as a freshman. He should have left. If you're talking about DJ Wilson, dude was 6'10", could do a bunch of stuff. He should have left. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, Mo Wagner, he pretty much peaked. Every, he pretty much did everything he could have done in college. Great. Do your thing. You should have left. Isaiah Livers is one of the guys who should come back. And those three things, if he can master those three things, I can see him as a, like an early second round pick next year. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a uh, that's an interesting thought as far as Livers uh, comparing him to Nora. That's um, that's an interesting one. I agree. I, I think for him, the, the biggest thing he's got to do is be able to create his own shot because the three-point shot's there when he gets – you know, when he's moving, I mean, he can attack the rim, uh, good defender, consistent player. It's just, yeah, if he can do a little bit more to create it by himself, I mean, sky's the limit. Um, but right. yeah, as far as the, the minute discussion thing, you know, the old adage you always hear in football is, you know, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Um, and exactly. I, I think it applies. Everybody always wants depth. They want 15 guys that can all play, but Really, you want five or six, seven, seven guys that are seven. just really good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, seven and then an eighth guy whenever you need him for emergencies. That's it. I mean, yeah, I mean, you look back. I, I didn't hear Iowa fans. Oh, Luca Garza plays too many minutes. Oh, geez, we we need more right. depth behind him. Uh, when you got a, a, a guy like that player, I mean, you just want to ride them and play them 30, 35 minutes a game. I mean. Trey Burke was playing 30, 35 minutes a game when he was at Michigan. And again, nobody was complaining because he was that good. So I, I I agree with that sentiment. And really, if you're Juwan Howard, I think you hope to see some divide in in some of those players. And, you know, maybe it's the freshman not being ready. Um, We'll have to see. Um, Last thought on Michigan, though, before we move to uh, the Spartans. Um, As far as the newcomers go, you mentioned – three transfers um a couple of those guys eastern and brown might not be eligible we'll have to see um and then uh, i think what is still statistically the big Ten's top rated class by 247 um even though they lost out on todd and christopher um if there's one new addition that you're really focusing on uh, or fans should focus on rather uh who is it for the wolverines so my favorite coming in is terrence williams uh, I'm not sure how much of an opportunity he'll get right away, but Hunter Dickinson is going to get an, an opportunity to play 25-plus minutes away yeah. right away. Um, if you look at his competition at the five spot, you have Brandon Johns, if it's a small ball type of deal, but really mm-hmm. it's only big Custard. That's it. It's him and Custard. <laughs> sorry, Austin. Austin Davis. It's him and Austin Davis. That's it. And at 7'1", 245, you know, he can he can play right away. You know, he played in the WCAC, uh, the best Catholic basketball league in the country, uh, played for Team Takeover on the EYBL circuit, um, you know, goes to the Peach Jam. You know, they were one of the top AAU programs in the country. You know, he, he will be ready from day one. At 7'1", 7'2", 245, mm-hmm. and he can shoot it and he can pass it, I mean, he's a very good ball player. Very good player. Um, if you're looking at, like, an instant impact, it'll it'll probably be him. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. Yeah, I, I have the same thoughts. I really like Williams as a long-term player. I think he's going to end up being the best Michigan player in the class. Um, but Hunter Dickinson certainly, as far as positionally, uh, fits the biggest need, I think, coming in. So uh, it'll, be, it'll be fun to watch. Um, obviously, a, lo- a lot of new talent coming in there with Juwan Howard um, in a, a unique season, shall we say. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. But um, with that, let's let's jump over to Michigan State. And um, I want to start with just your overall thoughts on, on the Spartans coming into this year. Uh, obviously, the, the biggest news – well, I guess it's not news, but biggest development off this offseason is Cassius Winston uh, graduating, uh, has been the the leader for the Spartans for at least the last couple of years, has been a starter uh, really since the day he arrived in East Lansing. Uh, big loss there. Um, so if you can start with just the impact of, of his departure, uh, maybe touch on a little bit his NBA future, um, and then just your thoughts on Michigan State as a whole. I mean – I'll just say this right now. If Raymond Felton can find a way to play a decade and a half in the league, uh, Cassius Winston can. But Cassius needs to find (laughs) the right team who is going to give him that opportunity. And um, I've said this before, where I would say 80% of the league needed the right opportunity to be where they are today. I think 20% of the league – they would have been good no matter who drafted them or who picked them up. I think a lot of it has mm-hmm. to do with chance. And if Raymond Felton can go a decade and a half and Trey Burke <laughs> is pretty much, you know, waffling here and there and, you know, struggling to find his spot. If Trey Burke got on the four or five teams that could have really used him, I mean, he'd still be in the league and, you know, doing things on a multi-year contract today. Look at Karis LeVert on what he's doing. Uh, Look at Duncan Mm -hmm. Robinson. If Duncan Robinson goes to a different team, he's not the fourth leading three-point percentage shot maker in NBA history. (laughs) 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 How crazy is that, right? So, so, Mm -hmm. little things like that. Um, look 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 at Draymond Green. Draymond Green is my favorite Spartan, uh, bar none. And if Draymond Green went into a different situation, I don't know how good that, you know, would he be a three-time NBA champ? Would he have been an all-NBA player? I mean, really. I mean, you know, those things come into play here. Um, it's all based on that. Give me one second. Sure. Um, just, to bounce, just to bounce off of that, um, and and for our, our listeners, this is this is the byproduct of a live podcast. We we always do it live. Um, I I agree on the Draymond Green point. I I know there's a lot of discussion and a lot of debate about how good he he really is. I think you look at okay. it. I'm not gonna. Oh sure. I'm just talking on Draymond Green and commenting on. Uh, you know, if he was put on a random team, you know, we'll say the Pistons or the Bucks when they weren't that good. Uh, some of these other teams. Um, I wouldn't say he would be an average player. I think that'd be a little bit too far. Um, but he obviously he benefits so greatly from playing with guys like Steph and Clay um, and his skill set where he doesn't need the ball. Uh, he doesn't he's not a high usage player. And I know a lot of the NBA scouts talk about, you know, you can't have five high usage players together because somebody's got to have the ball and somebody's got to not have the ball. So, yeah, the fit for sure. So I, I think that's a great point as far as Cassius is concerned. 
so just to piggyback off that, sorry, I I had to do something right quick. So Draymond <laughs> no Green, Draymond Green, if you read some of his articles, um, you know, some of his quotes and all that, I love reading this stuff. Uh, Draymond Green <laughs> himself said he was almost out of the league with the Warriors because they were playing him out of position at the small forward spot. He's a natural power forward. After some injuries and, like, a losing slump, they put him at the four. David Lee comes out. They put him at the four. Now the Warriors are slowly start looking like the Warriors of, you know, of, you know, of the last several years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that is super telling. So I think Cassius has a chance. He just needs to go to the right team. Uh, he does have a chance to slip into the first round. Um, has also a chance to go like mid second. Uh, there are there are some okay point guards, but I don't really see after the first three, two or three point guards. You know, I don't see really any any franchise guys after that, and I don't think it's a very deep point guard draft. So that's also a positive for him. Uh, he had mm-hmm. a high usage high usage at Michigan State. Um, everything went through him, rightfully so. Um, but, you know, him leaving is, leaves a huge void. And Michigan State fans want for pretty much Rocket Watts to take over. If Kareem Manet does not, does not come to Michigan State, because I know Kareem Manet is also um, one of those guys who, out of high school, a little bit older, 19 or even 20 right now, uh, who is uh, who has put his name into the NBA draft, but could possibly take his name out and you know go to a college? And it looks like Michigan State would be the leader for him. Creamine is about six four, six five, a five star guy out of uh, Canada. Plays a lot like Drew Drew Holiday. Mm. Very similar. I, I, I just as a as a side note, I I always love the players that they declare and then they say, if I don't stay in the draft, I'm going to transfer. It's just like a million different options. It's, <laughs> it's the new era of college basketball when you're in the transfer porter and also in the NBA draft at the same time. Uh, it's always like they have like seven cards. For two yeah, <laughs> it's like who knows where they're going to end up. Um, yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, Two other players, uh, if you could just touch briefly on, that are also uh, in the NBA draft but do have the option of returning to campus. Those are Aaron Henry and Xavier Tillman, two key contributors for the Spartans over the last couple of years, both uh, sort of weighing their options at this point. Uh, Do you have a prediction on those two and sort of how significant are their decisions for Michigan State for next year? I really don't. I really don't have a prediction for either one uh, because of COVID. We haven't heard anything about workouts. Like everything yeah. is done via Zoom and join me. Um, I really don't <laughs> have a prediction for them. Uh, but in terms of coming back, uh, I think Aaron Henry, you know, he slips right back into where he was. Xavier Tillman, he's going to come back to a very crowded room. His minutes will not go away. So. <laughs> That's going to be real interesting, too. Just mm-hmm. like, you know, Jawar has about 13, 14 guys who can play in his top eight. Tom Izzo Michigan State have, what, like five or six bigs that are pretty much pegged for that five <laughs> spot? You have, you have 
you have um, you have Marvel, you have Kithier, you have Sissoko, who's a, a incoming freshman. Uh, who else is out there? That did I say Bingham? Uh, I I'm not sure if he did, but yeah, Bingham, Kithier, Marble, uh, Cisco, um, Hauser, maybe. Hauser's gonna be a be a four. They miss yeah. him this year a lot. He's such a he could hoop. He is mm-hmm. such a good player, man. I did a video on him, and uh, uh, he reminds me of Brian Scalabrini. People like laugh at that cop, and I'm like, dude. Scalabrini can go. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, dude was a beast. Like, he could shoot it. He could post you up. Like, that dude could play. Mm-hmm. Um, Joey House is no different. Like, that dude is a that dude is a bucket. He is a bucket, and he he does not settle. He'll hit you for from from three at forty percent clip, and then he'll calmly post you up easily, and finish over either hand, right or left. Like, dude is a matchup nightmare. All uh, freshman Big East. All freshman team Big East. And Michigan fans are saying, I would much rather Joey be there than his brother. I'm like, no, you don't. You, you have three years of Joey. You would only, only only have one year of Sam. Like, mm-hmm. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. You know Absolutely. What I mean? I, oh, yeah. I, I think he's going to be uh, fantastic for Michigan State next year. I mean, obviously, we got to see who, who's on the roster. I mean, Henry and Tillman could still leave. We'll have to see. Um, but – I I wouldn't be surprised if he's the best player on Michigan State next year. It'll it'll be interesting to see how he fits in there with them. But um, as he's, I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities. Um, and as far as an impact perspective, I certainly think uh, Henry's departure would be more significant than Tillman's, just for the reasons you mentioned. There's a lot of depth behind Tillman. A lot of guys they can lean on if, if needed. So um, both. I'm interested to see what Rocket Watts does. Rocket Watts, um, he's going to be a guy who they're going to rely heavily on. And, you know, I've had those you know, state fans talk to me saying how they want, you know, Watts to, you know, you know, run the offense, high usage. Watts is really good defensively too. So mm-hmm. you're going to be running this dude ragged on both ends. Uh, he's going to either have to get in you no know, shape or, you know, A.J. Hogard is going to have to come in uh, and, you know, relieve him. Uh, you know, Foster Lawyer, hopefully he gained – you know, eight, ten pounds, uh, so he can like, you know, you know, contribute this year in, in like in real gritty games. Usually, we saw him in spots, um, not really checks in and goes with the flow and all that stuff. Um, so if Lawyer gains eight to ten pounds, AJ Hogard comes in uh, and is a, a a viable backup or can move Rocket more to the shooting guard position. That would be good, good uh, for them too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I guess, I guess the last individual player I want to hit on for for Michigan State here while I have you is uh, Josh Langford. Um, he still seems right. to be up in the uh, the air. He's been injured for what seems like fifty years. Um, yeah, what, like a year and a half. Yeah, what what's his situation? How do you see him fitting in next year if he's on if he's still there? Um, I mean, is he going to go professional? It, it's I've seen everything on him, so I have no idea what's going to happen. So he's still there. I mean, he is at school. He plans mm-hmm. to play this upcoming upcoming season. Uh, he actually went. There was video of him. It was him, Malik Hall, and Matty Sissoko walking in for. Uh, uh, COVID test. 
I didn't see a limp either. Um, and I heard at this time last year, he was, you know, based on what Fife says, the assistant coach at Michigan State, he was the second best player for them. Um, wow. I don't know if we're going to see that, Josh Langford, but I think 70% Langford is going to be uh, better than half of the shooting guards they face. And if he can come in, and even if he's not the guy, but give them a solid 15 to 18 minutes, um, I think that would be huge for that team just from a leadership standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, so that was that was the last thing I wanted to hit on Michigan State. Um, thanks again for, for joining us. I, I appreciate it. Um, before I let you go, though, um, one, if you can remind people again where they can check out your stuff. I know you have a great podcast that, that's going on for anybody interested in Michigan or Michigan State. Um, and then on that uh, same point, if um, any final thoughts as far as the Big Ten's concerned, as, as far as Michigan Michigan State are concerned, or I guess sports in general, which hopefully will resume this late or July, I guess it seems like. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Man, who knows? Um, you know, this, this is going to be a very critical part of whether we get sports back to its full potential over these next two months. Uh, it's going to be huge. You know, right now we're sitting in mid, mid-July. You know, football's pegged to come back in about two, two, two months two months, couple weeks, um, mm-hmm. it's right around the corner, you know? So, and we're seeing the, the curve flatten back out and kind of go back up. This is a, this is really a time for us to come together and be like, look, do we, are we going to risk having no sports just because <laughs> I want to go to the pool right now, you know? Um, but, you know, it's, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about everybody. Um, do your do your job. Wash your hands um, because this is going to be a great year coming up. You have Michigan State football. You have a new coach, uh, a new buzz with the program. They may struggle, but their schedule is freaking, from a fan standpoint, is really, really cool. Um, Michigan football, you're going to have Dylan McCaffrey or Joe Milton, two new guys coming back. Uh, you know, and then you got, you know, Michigan basketball, got six new faces. You got Michigan State basketball. You got a dude who graduated uh, with some of the best numbers in Big Ten history. He left. Now you get to see who takes the reins. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, man, and you're not going to be able to see it if you don't do your part. This is not about your rights. This is not about this and that. All this is about is we want things to get back to normal as soon as possible, whether you fall on the right, left, moderate. You know, just make sure that you are doing your due diligence of making sure that, you know, this thing flattens and starts decreasing as soon as possible. That's all I got. I'm on board. I'm on board. I'm I'm clapping right now. I don't know if that that came across. Uh. No, it's all good. If they're right on Twitter, uh, podcast is Mr. State of Mind. Uh, I have a I I have a I have a daily fantasy sports app coming out um, in the winter, so be on the lookout for that. Excellent. Yeah. Well, 
thanks again. I appreciate you coming. Uh, for all of our listeners, you can check me out on Twitter at tbendit. Make sure to follow BT Powerhouse. We got a lot going on uh, on the site as always. Um, have a fun new weekly piece that's going to start this Friday. So make sure to check that out. Uh, for everyone else, thanks for listening. Stay safe. Wash your hands, etc. Uh, we'll see you guys all next time. Thanks.